Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. So as you know, I've been traveling a ton this last month, and I wanted to do this episode just talking about traveling and how to make diabetes easier when you are traveling, because it can be a little bit stressful. And... If you've ever been on an airplane, then you know it can be extra stressful going through TSA. I remember when I was a kid and I was going to Mexico and I think that type 1 diabetes wasn't as popular or as common as it is now. And I remember being held at TSA and being held at the border because they would go through all of my supplies and pull out each needle. And I remember being so embarrassed and then having to explain like what everything was and no one really understood. And so I always had a bit of anxiety going to places because I, I was worried that I wasn't going to be let in or that I was going to be held longer because I had needles in my bag. But luckily it's a little bit easier now, especially if you live in North America or I mean, I'm sure there's so many places that it's super easy. So I'm not trying to like box North America. But just because I've lived in North America my entire life, you know, I've noticed even I remember one time traveling and going somewhere in the States, I was living in Canada and I got in trouble by one of the TSA people because I, I didn't put my lancets in a separate little baggie or something, or maybe it was tampons. I can't remember, but I had them like mixed together and I got in trouble for like not having them separate. And then now to this day, it's like people don't even, they don't even realize that you, they don't even pull out your bag of needles or like whatever you're carrying them in now. Cause I think it's, you know, it's like medical supplies and it's more common. So I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think only if you have like liquids or something like that, would they pull out everything? And even with your insulin, generally, because depending on how much you have, obviously, but if it's not over a certain amount, I mean, the amounts itself in the cartridges are not over the limit. And so they, I think one time they did, it was with some of my mom's medication too. So it was a bunch of different medicines that were liquid and they pulled it out just to like look at it, but it wasn't a big deal. So you'll probably be fine. But now I'm going off on a rant, but I'm really excited to talk about this episode because if you are traveling anytime soon or you're a little bit nervous about traveling, we're going to go through some really key tips that are going to help you out and just kind of ease your nerves a little bit. But first and foremost, have you subscribed to this podcast? If you enjoy tuning in every single week, which I hope you do, then please take a couple seconds to just hit subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. And if you feel called to do so and you leave me a review, it will expand the reach of this podcast and really make it possible for other people to come across this podcast and to benefit from hearing all of this content. So I really, really appreciate all of your support of this show. And when you do subscribe, you will
will be notified every single week when we do get new episodes and bonus content. And I'm really, really excited because I just finished recording a podcast episode with this amazing human. His name is Chad and I, we're going to be launching the episode early January, but it was one of the most inspiring conversations I've had in a really, really long time. And he has some wonder, he's, he's so well-spoken and he has some wonderful tips just living with type one. He was diagnosed later and he went through an amazing fat loss journey. He lost 150 pounds before his diagnosis, but there, there's just such great information that even I took away from this episode. So I'm really excited to share it with you guys. So that will be coming in early January. So do take a second to subscribe because that way you won't miss out as soon as we've launched it. All right. So number one, there's nine tips that we're going to cover today, but number one is let's talk about going through TSA. Does it make you nervous? Because it even makes me nervous sometimes. And I want you to know, first of all, that you don't need to be nervous, even though you probably will be a little bit because out of everyone in line, you're probably going to need a little bit of extra hands on. <laughs> um, if you have a pump or a CGM, a little bit extra, um, attention, I guess, but there's nothing to be nervous about. And so I want to just give you some of my personal tips. And if you are someone who travels a lot, you could probably even add some to what I'm going to share with you today, but going through TSA. So first of all, if you have a pump and a CGM or both, then Everywhere you read, like your doctor will probably tell you this, the Dexcom people, the people, the pump manufacturers, everyone will tell you that you need to ask for a hand pat down and not to go through the, I forget what it's called, but it's like the, the big machine that they have that scans you. It's the body scan machine. And then also if you have um, transmitters or anything, or even I think your extra, um, sensors for the Dexcom, it's, you're not supposed to put them through the x-ray machine. So I always keep, and so I always keep mine in, um, plastic bags, like the Ziploc, Ziploc bags. And for a lot of my supplies, I'll keep them in the very large ones because I tend to generally travel with a lot more than I need, but we'll cover that later. <laughs> but, um, when you do get in line for TSA, I always take out the bag of everything that is not supposed to go through the x-ray machine. So all of my backup transmitters, if I have any, and my sensors, and I hand it to the person behind the counter and I just let them know what it is. And then they will make sure that it doesn't go through. And then I ask for a hand pat down. And so many times lately, this has happened in the States, but I've been told actually many times, actually every time that I've traveled lately, they're like, you know, you're gonna, you're fine if you go through the scanner. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before, but my doctor still recommends not to. So here I am, <laughs> right? So I think there, and I've heard of people going through the body scanner and putting their supplies through the x-ray machine, and I've heard of nothing happening. And when I traveled to, on my way to Costa Rica, actually, which was very recent, they, the guy said, he told me, he's like, yeah, you, you know, your sensors will be fine going through. He's like, I actually have one myself, but he's like, I guess because you are going to a foreign country, like you want to be safe and sorry. And I was like, yeah. And then when I think about it, cause I'm like, they probably are okay, but 
even if I wasn't traveling to a foreign country, like I don't have a million dollars to just throw down on new sensors that fail because it was my bad that I put them through the machine. So out of just habit now, I always just have a hand pat down, which I'm so used to it now. At first it was really awkward, but it's not so awkward anymore. And actually one lady who gave me a hand pat down, um, the last time I went to, or the time before when I went to Costa Rica, it turned out that she had type two diabetes. So we were talking about like health and fitness and diabetes, and it was kind of a fun experience. So it can be a little bit nerve wracking, but you really don't need to be that um, that nervous about it. Now, when you are traveling to a foreign country, it's a little bit different. And I don't want to scare you because it's not horrible. But the one thing that I do get, and I would recommend you getting as well is a letter from your doctor just stating like, a what your supplies are, and that you can't remove them. So you can't remove your pump or your Dexcom, um, your CGM, if you don't use a Dexcom, maybe use a different CGM, but you can't physically remove them. They have to stay on your body. So it's a letter that will just state what they are and why you need them on. And then I even take that when I'm traveling to the States or to Canada. But when I travel to North America, or sorry, when I travel to a foreign country, I translate the letter. So I started doing, this was the first time that I did this, but when I went to Costa Rica, Last year, my boyfriend traveled with me and he speaks fluent Spanish. And so he was able to tell everyone at TSA that, you know, what it was and that it couldn't go through the x-ray machine. So I was fine. But at a lot in a lot of different countries, depending on where you're going, people aren't going to speak English. And so it's not going to really help to give them a letter that is in English. And I asked, so where it became an issue, and it wasn't even a bad issue, but where it kind of made me nervous was when I was coming back from Costa Rica, and I had a layover in Sal Salvador. And no, it was really crazy hustle and bustle, everyone was busy, and so much going on, no one was speaking English, and they had no idea what my diabetes supplies were. And they were like holding up my sensors. And so my boyfriend was luckily there and could like talk to them about it. So it, it was a little bit of a hassle, but it wasn't bad because he was there. And I don't speak Spanish very well. And so um, that's just one thing. So now, because I went to Costa Rica the, the last time by myself. And so I I asked my doctor to translate the letter she had written for me, just stating what my supplies were and why I needed them and that they had to stay on my body. And they didn't, they weren't able to translate it for me. So I spent time actually like using Google Translate and writing the letter out by hand because in a lot of foreign countries, it's not going to really matter if it looks like a, um, like an official letter or not. And if I had more time, I would have printed it and kind of made it look more official, but I didn't have time. I was leaving that night. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write it out by hand. So I wrote it all out in Spanish and highlighted the, the area that was like, you know, this cannot go through. And I like capitalized, I was like, this cannot go through the x-ray machine. And, and then I like stated why, and that I needed it for, cause it was like a life-saving supply or whatever. Um, so that's what I did. And it actually was super helpful because even when I got into what well, I had a layover in El Salvador again 
on my way to Costa Rica and it came in handy then because I couldn't really speak Spanish again. So people read it and I put like the most important notes because it was like a three page letter that I had written out by hand. Um, so I put the most important page on the front and they didn't really read the whole letter. They just really looked at the important parts and they got it. So that was helpful. And then when I was in Costa Rica, when I had my, um, when I landed and even when I left and I was going through TSA there, I just gave them the letter and they knew exactly what it was and they read it and it was so helpful. So I would really recommend doing that. And it doesn't matter if you're, maybe you're going to a non Spanish speaking country, but I would still do the same. And you can just go on Google translate and find the language that you're traveling to and then you can maybe even copy and paste like whatever it is and then I put like my doctor's info at the end of the letter with her address and her phone number just to make it look more official in this case I wrote it out but that is number one just to make traveling through TSA a little bit less of a headache and one other thing is when you are going through the x-ray machine or not the yeah I guess it is is it the x-ray machine or like the metal detector or whatever um before you go through the body scanner Sometimes you have to go through that if they don't like just take you around to get a hand pat down right away, but you might want to just take out your pump if you have it and hold it because I kept getting like the same thing and I was traveling so much that I got kind of annoying, <laughs> but people would be like, oh, cell phone in your pocket, got to take it out. And I'm like, nope, it's an insulin pump. So if you just have it in your hand already, it could make it a lot easier. So that is number one. And then number two is obviously always carry glucose tablets on hand because if you're traveling if you have a layover especially like even if in some cases you might have a layover and then you might have to go through TSA a second time or go through security again depending on where you are it's happened to me before randomly but if you're traveling with juice or something it can just be a little bit more of a hassle because a lot of the time if that ever happens you can't bring your liquids through and so you just have to buy new juice and I remember one time I was in China and it happened and I had to go through security a second time um I can't remember why, but it was just the way that they had the connecting flight set up and I didn't have time to like go quickly and buy new juice. And so I think, I think I ended up, it was a short flight, but I think I ended up just getting something on the plane if, or thinking like, if I go low, I'm just gonna have to get something on the plane. And, um, I think I also had like some granola bars or something to tide me over, but I was fine. But I always now to this day say, you know, if you have glucose tablets or if you can buy some sort of candy or something that's, that they can't take away, that's not liquid, it can be helpful in a situation like that. And then just make sure you have cash too, because that way, like worst case scenario, you'll be able to quickly buy something if you have time. And, um, that actually happened to me too, because I, on my flight back from, I, I think it was Costa Rica. I got, I landed in LA and I went through customs and my blood sugar was dropping and I had just ran out of the candy that I had with me. And I was like, awesome, awesome timing. And then I like made it through and I ran and I got, I had cash on me. So I quickly got some, some juice. So always carry cash on you if you can. And number three is to divvy up your supplies and always take your medication on your carry on. And so what I do typically is I try not to check any of my baggage, but sometimes you have to. And so when I'm traveling, I divide my supplies into two or three separate bags. Normally it's two. So I, if I'm carrying on like a backpack and if I'm carrying on a suitcase or another carry-on bag, because normally you can have two, I will put one in each and then 
I'll always have one that's more important with a little bit more insulin. And then the other one is like a backup. So and this is just because I'm a bit of a worrier by nature. And I always think, you know, what happens if someone acts like takes my bag or something happens to one of my bags. And if you check it in your luggage, what happens if your luggage gets lost? So I always have one in my bag that's going to be with me all the time. And then I'll put the other half in the carry on that like goes overhead. And nothing's ever happened, luckily, knock on wood. But that's just what I would recommend doing is just really keeping your supplies separated, but also keep them with you in case anything happens to your luggage. And then number four is take twice as much as you think you'll need when you are going on vacation. And I know it can be a little bit annoying because when you are traveling, sometimes it feels like your entire suitcase is just filled with T1D supplies. But I really, this is probably just one of my most important tips and none of these are in order, but it is one of my most important tips because A, like anything could happen. I've had times where I've been in a foreign country and I can't go and buy like medical supplies that I'm used to. And something happens to like, I'll have a bunch of failed sites with my pump. And then I had to switch back to injections. So I had brought my long acting insulin and my short acting insulin. So that was a lifesaver in that situation. And also another reason is just because what if you suddenly decide to stay extra long? (laughs) Like the last time I went to Costa Rica, I ended up extending my trip twice as long and I had brought just enough supplies to last me. So I was so grateful because I would have been really sad if I was like, you know, I want to stay longer, but I can't because of my diabetes. And I don't ever think your diabetes should stop you from anything. So always bring extra. And then on another case, like just thinking of worst case scenario, if something happened to any of your supplies, like just having extra in order to really make it through is going to be so helpful. And when I go away for a really long time, I will also bring a backup meter because I don't always know like what happens if something happens to my meter and my Dexcom, like at least I'll have a backup to tide me over. So I always think of worst case scenario and I have way more than I actually need, but in the off case that something happens, it'll save you such a headache. All right, so number five is getting traveler's health insurance. And this is something that you might already think about, or maybe not, but if you are especially going to a foreign country, it's really great to have health insurance and not just if something medical happened where you needed it, but I think too, I mean, I don't know exactly what it covers you for, but I think like if something happened with my diabetes and I needed something, like I would hope that it would cover me for something. So I always get health insurance and you can get it for super cheap. I think when I went to Costa Rica, my health insurance was, um, it was like $35 and I think I got it through Alliance, but there's a bunch of different companies that you can get health insurance through. And then the sixth tip is if you are able to work out the day before and lift some weights and even do a bit of cardio, it'll help you so much with your insulin resistance the day that you're flying. Because often you're not going to be moving a whole lot when you're flying and depending on how long your flight is, it can just really help you out and make you make your blood sugars better. And when I was away, so I I was just in Canada and I didn't have time, like there was a few days that I didn't have time to hit the gym. And so 
it was a few days I hadn't worked out and luckily my blood sugars were okay traveling back, but I really, I I don't think I ate a lot that day. Like I had breakfast and then I didn't really eat a lot for the rest of the day. Like I didn't have any snacks or anything. And so I think that probably helped my sugars a bit, but obviously I don't want you to starve yourself. So if you are flying somewhere and you're able to work out the day before or, you know, get some steps in that can help so much with just keeping your sugars more stabilized. And sometimes if you don't have time, even just like adjusting your basil, which I had to do as well, um, that can help a ton too. But number seven is just getting steps in. So when you're at the airport, I always recommend like, Don't just walk somewhere and sit down, walk around. Like if the more steps you can get in and for the length of your flight, like if your flight is really long, try to get even more steps in because just moving your body really is going to help you stay less insulin resistant when you are flying. And then number eight is drinking more water. And this is something that I used to try to avoid doing because I used to hate getting up and using the restroom on the airplane. But now as I'm older, it's more important for me to be well hydrated because flying, as you probably know, it really dehydrates you. And I had it like messes with my my body just flying in general. And so I find that the more water I can drink, I the better not only my blood sugars are, but the better my body feels like I don't feel as bloated like I have just everything's moving regular and so I really do recommend now like just drink as much water as you can and probably a little bit more because you're going to be more dehydrated and when I was when I flew into Canada I think I drank like four liters of water in that whole day like even when I got off the plane I was just non-stop drinking and hydrating so that really helped me out a ton so drinking water and then number nine is don't stress. So even if like you don't have time to do all the things or you're just a little bit stressed out, just don't worry. Um, I think just having the extra stress on us when we are traveling isn't going to help our blood sugars at all. And it can be hard sometimes not to stress, but just really trying to stay calm is going to be helpful because it can be a little bit hectic and try to make your flights on time and all of that kind of hectic stuff is a little bit crazy sometimes. So just take a deep breath and try not to stress. And then I do want to just give one bonus tip now that, you know, I'm just thinking about it and we're talking about this topic. But when I when you are traveling, it's a good idea too. And this could even go for like road trips, not just airplanes, but bringing snacks that are going to be lower carb, maybe have a little bit more fat and protein will just help your blood sugars stay a little bit more stable. Because sometimes when you go to the airport and you look at airport food, like some airports are going to have good food, but then other airports, you're not going to really know what you're eating. And that can be a difficult thing as well. Just trying to like choose foods where you can bolus accurately or that are going to have less carbs overall or like more complex carbs. So like more fiber, that can be helpful. And just choosing foods like that in combination with getting those steps in when you're at the airport, especially for long layovers. And 
And then also on this note, just, you know, getting a, it can be hard to get a good night's rest, but if you can get some sleep the night before, that is going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to help you so much with just keeping your blood sugars more stable. And if you can't get a good night's sleep, can you take a nap on the plane? Um, because as you know, like not getting enough sleep is really tough for those sugars. So those are all my tips. And, um, I think the biggest one out of all of these is just, just, going through TSA because it can be a little bit different in different countries. But if you can, if you can get a letter from your doctor, you might even be able to call Dexcom and they could give you one or whoever your CGM is with or whoever your pump is with. If you need to get one last minute, you might be able to call like the 800 number and get a letter last minute just to travel with. And then you could just translate it yourself if you have to. And then just really being mindful of like all your supplies, bringing extra, keeping it with you at all times, but separating it. So you, in case anything happens to one of your bags. And if you're traveling with other people, you could also, you know, give them some of your supplies to hold on to as well, because that way, if anything happens to your bag, then it's in their bag and you're still golden. So I hope these travel tips are helpful to you. I hope that if you are traveling soon, you have an amazing trip and I hope your sugars are happy throughout your travel. And I hope that you'll be able to use some of these tips, especially if you are traveling somewhere foreign. And I would love to know what your tips are. Like, if you have any traveling tips at all that you want to add to this list that have helped you, if you can leave me a review on this podcast, if you scroll down in the show notes and click on, you'll see where it says um, to leave a review. And if you want to just leave your personal tips for travel, I think the more we get together and the more we share what has helped us personally, the more it might be able to help someone else. Because I was talking to someone about this of just how like, you know, we're all so different in how we manage our disease and what works for us. And the more we share it, the more other people can just take this information and and keep it in the back of their mind and and it can help them in how they manage their own disease because there's just so much to know and when you go to the endocrinologist and you go see your medical team it's some of them are great some of them aren't so great but when you go to see them you get so much great information that's um helpful but there's so much more information too just by what the community can share and if you don't think that you have a lot to share i would challenge you because I think that you probably do know some things that have helped you or that you're mindful of that would be beneficial for other people because we're all going to be at a different stage in our diagnosis and what information we're looking for. And so whatever tips you have, like I think that people would love to hear them. I think that you should share them. So if you have any travel tips and you want to share them, please do leave me a review. Let me know what they are. And if you are wanting to lose fat in 2020, then I want to invite you to join my Fat Loss for Type 1s program. When we launch, the doors are going to be open for enrollment on January 8th. And if you're serious about your fat loss journey and you want to lose the weight and do it in a sustainable way that supports your blood sugar so you can keep the fat off for good and finally achieve the body that you've wanted and look good and feel confident next summer, then I am inviting you to 
enter for your chance to win and join the program for free. So I am giving the entire Fat Loss for Type 1s program away to one lucky winner. I'm so excited. The winner is going to be announced at the beginning of January, just before we open the doors for enrollment. But if you want to enter for your chance to win, just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash win. And I'm also going to link to this in the show notes, but mark your calendars for January 8th. And you guys, I love you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in. You could be doing a million other things. So I really appreciate you. And I will talk to you same time next week. Bye for now.